Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, do all things without murmuring and reasoning. This is a very small verse that many of us pass over, maybe even take for granted. But in today's life study from the book of Philippians, we're going to focus on how it affects our obedience to work out our salvation, to live Christ, to express Christ, and to hold forth Christ. Dick Taylor has joined us for this wonderful program today. Welcome back, Dick. Thanks a lot, Chris. Dick, murmurings and reasonings that are mentioned in this verse are big problems that frustrate our Christian life, aren't they? They surely are. These are two little annoying things always troubling us in our daily life to undermine the real experience and enjoyment of the Lord. Many of us probably take uh, not only this verse for granted, but we probably take our murmuring and our reasonings for granted. We just consider this is a normal part of our uh, daily experience. But actually, these are main items that the Apostle Paul is laboring not just to deliver the Philippians, but that we ourselves even would be saved from these things. Dick, in our past programs in this book, we've seen that it's our cooperation with the operation of the indwelling God that is saving us subjectively so that we can be one with Christ, who's truly an expression of the pattern that we see in verses 5 through 9 of this chapter, chapter 2. One key thing that's seen in that pattern is the Lord's willingness to obey. In this portion just ahead, we want to see how important the matter of obedience is. Let's join Witness Lee. In verse 12, is to work out the salvation. Then in verse 13, it is God who our praise in us that we may work out the salvation. Now in verse 14, the apostle's writing is very practical. He only mentions two things in the negative way. Memories is something always out of our emotion. And reasonings is something out of our mind. So Paul says, do all things without memories and reasonings. By the context, you could see if we remember or we reason, and this surely means we do not obey. Obedience to God kills 
all the uh, memories and reasonings. And these two things could only be transformed by obeying the God who operates in us. Salvation is God. And the working out of the salvation is our obeying. Our obeying. Obey what? Obey whom? Obey the very operating God. God is our salvation. And our obeying of God is the working out of the salvation. If we do obey God, this obeying will kill all memories and all reasoning. When your sisters remember, you do realize that uh, you uh, are disobedient to the uh, inner working God. And with us, the brothers, we also have the full realization whenever we reason with the brothers, we have the deep conviction that we are just rebellious. We are rebellious. Not rebellious to the brothers to whom we reason, or with whom we reason, but rebellious to the inner working God. So, just by one thing, we kill these two gophers. And this one thing is just obedience to God. Amen. By this you can see again, Paul, his consideration is altogether not doctrinal. Not doctrinal. His consideration is altogether experiential. Because memories and reasonings are too, too crucial in our Christian life. Dick, I think we've underestimated uh, these two things, murmurings and reasonings. We probably tolerate them way too much. But Dick, it's obedience to the inner working of God that can save us from the plight of these two gophers, as he calls them, murmuring and reasonings. But if we don't obey, then is it too much to say that that becomes an expression of rebellion, our murmuring and our reasoning? I don't believe it's too much to say, Chris. The satanic life which we received by the fall really expresses itself by murmuring and reasoning. Somebody who's really enjoying Christ, really experiencing Christ, you never hear murmuring and reasoning. For sure, those murmurings and reasonings are the expression of the satanic, rebellious life and nature. But there is one life. That is the life which is Christ himself, and in this chapter is presented as the inner operating God. That life has no murmurings and no reasonings in it. But, and when we go along with that life, even our murmurings and reasonings get killed. I really appreciate that our obedience to the Lord is really the poison to these two gophers right. of murmuring and reasoning. On one hand, God himself is our salvation. Mm -hmm. Philippians is really a book of salvation. Almost every chapter salvation is brought out. But the working out of the salvation, as is mentioned here in chapter 2, is by obeying the inner operating God. This is the key and this is the secret to really living a life apart from murmurings and reasonings and even putting murmurings and reasonings to death, that is, to the death of the cross. We really see Christ as our pattern earlier in this chapter, and now that pattern is in us. 
as we go along with that pattern, we live out a life that doesn't display murmurings and reasonings, but rather glorifies, expresses God, and even as we'll see, shines forth God and holds forth God as life, expressing him. This is the life we desire. I also appreciate, Chris, very much 1 Samuel 15, 22, where it's mentioned that obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is a big secret to enjoying the inner operating God and to be a person who lives Christ and expresses Christ and magnifies Christ. So the real need is for us to obey the inner operating God. Even as we would just open to him and turn to him and be one with him, we can even partake of his perfect and complete obedience. Then we really enjoy a life that doesn't murmur or reason, but expresses God under all circumstances. Hallelujah for such a life. Dick, that's marvelous. We never should lose sight of the fact this book is preeminently a book on the experience and enjoyment of Christ. Amen. And in that experience becomes our experience of this obedience because the one we're experiencing is the one absolutely, irrevocably obedient to the Father, isn't he? To the uttermost. Hallelujah for such a Christ. Dick, I want to read uh, a few more verses before we go on in chapter 2. Do all things without murmurings and reasonings, that you may be blameless and guileless, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine as luminaries in the world, holding forth the word of life. Here's the expression you use, Dick. So that I may have a boast in the day of Christ that I did not run in vain nor labor in vain. Here's Witness Lee once again. You have to be convinced by the apostle. If you do work out your salvation, please do all things, everything, do all things without memory and reasonings. As long as we remember or we reason, uh uh-huh. That is what? That is disobedience. We just don't obey the inner working God. We don't obey just the triune God. Surely we need salvation. Do all things without remembrings and reasonings in order that this is not a small thing, not to remember, not to reason, in order that we may become blameless and guileless. Guileless means simple, artless. Artless means what? Do not play politics. The art here means playing politics. Artless, that means you don't play politics. Any political one is not guileless. The Greek root, a mixed, the blameless describes our outward behavior, and guileless our inward character. It's very meaningful. Then it goes on, children of God, without blemish, without blemish is the total quality of being blameless and guileless. In the midst of a crook and uh, perverted generation. Oh, today's generation is warped, is treated, among whom you shine as luminaries in the world. Dick, the description of what we become 
When we obey this inner working triune God, truly is an expression of the pattern that's shown to us in chapters 5 through 9 of this chapter, chapter 2. No murmuring, no reasoning, uh, no playing of politics, actually blameless and guileless, which makes us without blemish and shining even as luminaries. I'd like to draw a little comparison, if I could, Dick, as we fellowship this point, to a comparison between the salvation that we receive as the free gift of God and this salvation that Paul is presenting that needs to be worked out with fear and trembling. Contrast these two. Well, the salvation uh, that Paul speaks of that needs to be worked out is a daily matter, not just once for all we are saved from the lake of fire and we would be with the Lord, but rather this is a daily experience. All of us who are believers in Christ are saved from eternal perdition. But let me check with you, all of you who are listening, are you saved from murmuring every day? Are you saved from reasoning every day? Am I? No, we need much more salvation. So we need to experience the Lord in a daily way as our daily salvation. You can see the Lord Jesus himself, Chris, as the pattern you mentioned in the earlier verses in this chapter. Mm -hmm. Surely he could have murmured and reasoned about everything that he needed to pass through for the sake of God's economy. But he didn't, and he humbled himself. He was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. There was never any murmuring or reasoning in anything, but rather even his crucifixion was just an expression and a shining forth of God as life and light. And what I like, Chris, is in these verses that you read, we are referred to as children of God. As children of God, we have this Christ, who's the pattern in this chapter, now living in us. We have the life and the nature of this pattern. So we're not just left with an objective pattern to try to copy in an outward way, but we have an inward pattern, Christ himself as the perfectly obedient one who never had any murmuring or any reasoning in anything and is one who expresses God under all circumstances, he is now living in our spirit. Christ is our real salvation living in us. Now we need to be those who practically in our daily life enjoy this pattern, open ourselves to this pattern. As children of God possessing his life and his nature, now we need to be those who eat him and drink him and enjoy him. I was thinking of John 6:57, Chris. I believe you would agree that this is a very apropos verse at this point in time. The Lord said in the second half of the verse, whoever eats me, he shall live because of me. That means whoever keeps receiving me, enjoying me, taking me in, and feeds upon me, that person will live because of me. Right. This verse shows us that we who have this pattern as our life now need to enjoy this life by drinking this life, feeding on this life. In this chapter, we see that his name is the exalted name. One way to enjoy this life is just to practically call on his name. When somebody cuts you off on the freeway and you're driving, you need to just say, oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. You will be supplied with the life that does not murmur and reason. In our daily life also, we need to get into God's word. Second Peter 1.4 says, 
through the exceeding and precious promises, were partakers of God's divine nature. That's a nature that doesn't murmur and reason, mm. but rather expresses God under all circumstances. So may we be those who enjoy what we have. We have Christ, the pattern, as our life and as our nature. Now we just need to drink of him by calling on his name, and we need to eat him by enjoying him in his word. Then we would live him out. We'll be the luminaries. Then we'll be those without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverted and twisted and warped generation, and we'll be luminaries, and we'll be holding forth the word of life. Dick, this is what is really the prescription for this twisted and perverted and crooked generation is to have more luminaries holding forth Christ. Amen. That's true. In the final section today, Dick, we want to come back and pick up some of these expressions that we've heard. They're marvelous uh, in this chapter and in some of our previous programs. Things like to live out Christ, to express Christ, to work out our salvation, and finally today's topic to hold forth Christ. Let's go to Witness Lee for this final fellowship. He's going to tie all of these things together for us. Amen. If the believers really do all things without memories and reasonings, then they become blameless and guileless. They are the children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and warped and twisted generation. Among such a generation, the saints will shine as luminaries in this world, holding forth. That means presenting, you see, offering something and applying something to the people around us. Holding forth Christ means what? Means to live out Christ, to express Christ to work out our salvation. Here, you have few things which are synonyms. To work out salvation is to obey God, you see? And to work out salvation is also to hold forth Christ. And to hold forth Christ is to live out Christ. And to live out Christ is to express Christ. This is to work out our salvation. To work out our salvation, to obey God always, to live Christ, and to express Christ, and to hold forth Christ. Five things. We have to realize among the five things, I would say only one thing in wording is somewhat common to us. What is this? To obey God. We know this word, to obey God. You have to obey God. But when we say obey God, we say it in a very superficial way. But we don't have these extraordinary expressions. That is, to work out our salvation, to live out Christ. These expressions are very extraordinary. Well, Dick, in the midst of these extraordinary expressions, uh, there's one that's common, I think, probably to nearly everybody, and that is to obey God. How about these other synonymous expressions, to work out our salvation, to live Christ, to express Christ, and to hold forth Christ? How do they relate to our obedience to God? These relate to our obedience to God, Chris, in the sense that 
as we really enjoy the life that's completely obedient to God, that is Christ himself as the pattern and who is now within our spirit, as we enjoy this life and go along with this life and say amen to this dear person within us, the result will be we actually work out our salvation, which is just Christ. Mm -hmm. And we live Christ rather than just living ethics and morality and these things. We actually live the very dear, precious person of Christ. And we express Christ, you know, like a luminary. For example, we may speak to somebody, Chris, but we may not really express Christ. So that's why even the word luminary is used. I like that. As we enjoy Christ, the pattern who's within us, and we're obedient to him and enjoying his complete obedience, the result is murmuring and reasoning is wiped out, and we become a luminary who not only speaks to others about the Lord, but we shine with the Lord. And that's what we want. We don't want just empty words. We want a life that really expresses Christ. And we hold forth Christ as the word of life. I like this because this indicates that we apply him in our daily living, we present him, we offer him to others. We need to help each other with these four phrases that are not so common. We need to encourage each other. You know, Chris, you and I need to encourage each other to work out our salvation, to live Christ, to express Christ, and to hold forth Christ as the word of life. That will help us. Then when you're driving on the freeway, you won't just be under the influence of road rage, but you will be under the influence of the living pattern who's within your spirit. You'll be enjoying him, expressing him, shining him, and even holding him forth. As we face a long line in the grocery store, rather than just walking up to the salesperson, just like every other discontented person, murmuring and reasoning, we would be those who are holding forth Christ, shining Christ, and helping them to appreciate the dearest and most precious person in the whole universe. These four phrases really encourage us to get into the genuine experience of Christ to the point where Christ and we are one person. May we be those who really enjoy this Christ, the pattern who's in our spirit, to the extent that we work out our salvation in our daily life, in little things, every day we live Christ, we express him and shine him out, not just have empty words, and we hold him forth and present him and offer him to people in our daily life, no matter where we are. This is a real gospel life, and this is a life that is a real testimony of Christ that really carries out God's eternal heart's desire. Dick, the other day uh, we touched this word luminaries. You used it today. Just to refresh our listeners, or maybe for those who weren't with us, uh, luminaries in the astronomical sense are the moon and the planets, those things that don't generate light themselves, but in a sense behold the sun and reflect it back out. That's a perfect description of the luminaries that we need to be in this dark generation, isn't it? That really is true, Chris. And even in another part of uh, one of these messages, our brother mentions that in a general way as the church, we're the moon. But we as individual believers need to be the planets, all beholding and reflecting and shining as luminaries, the very Christ who is the light of life. Dick, you always uh, strike me that way. I experience your luminance most often in this room. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you, my brother. 
and we have the life study volumes that Dick just referred to that contain all of these points. As we prepare these programs, we're only able to uh, really include two or three nuggets each day. Most of these messages are packed, and so there's a lot more here than uh, we're able to bring you on the radio. So we'd like to recommend it highly. This is Philippians Volume 1 that we're in right now. There are 23 messages in total in this volume. We are on message number 13 today. Uh, You can contact us at our toll-free number. We'd love to tell you more about that and to get your comments and input about our broadcast. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. You can write to us always at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send email to radio at lsm.org. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee, as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry, and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us radio at lsm.org or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.